The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports book app and awesome fantasy app. They got so much stuff going on for March Madness next week. You're really doing yourself with the service. If you don't get the apps on your phone and throw the code in Ross, so you get their promos for the NCAA tournament. It's not just a teaching tutorial Thursday with Greg Cosell, the NFL films guru, what we're calling wide receivers 2.0. Cause we only got to four of them last week. Cause there was a lot of philosophical discussion and a lot to say about the Alabama kids and Jamar chase and Kadarius Tony. So we're going to get to the, the, the best of the rest, if you will. But first, it's our last show of the week. Now, don't get sad. You know you can listen to the Even Money podcast or Fantasy Feast or College Draft podcast. The next few days or Andrew Brandt's Business of Sports podcast. There's still something to listen to every day. But it does mean it's time to give out some winners. I want winners. I want people that want to win. So as we always like to say, These people are the people that we love all of you, but the people that go the extra mile and a lot of these things are really easy to do. It means a great deal because it's what we need to try to keep this thing going, to try to grow it like the spread the word winner, Timothy Seiler. He quote tweeted the college draft podcast. Love it. Quote tweets are amazing. We noticed those Timmy. So I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We're at Ross Tucker Pod. Retweets, quote tweets, likes on Instagram, loves on Facebook. They all count. Timothy, let me know if you want to sign picture, card. I still got a bunch of press passes from this season that are pretty awesome. Sponsor confirmation email winner, Jesse Miller. Another one of those 1-800-Flowers.com rock stars that threw the code in football when he clicked on the radio button in the upper right. And then the YouTube shout-out, Richard Chrisman, C-R-I-S-M-A-N. That's a really easy one as well. Just subscribe. It's free to YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Then make any comment. I notice when it's somebody that does it a lot, and I haven't picked them yet, I also notice when it's somebody new. 
Congratulations, Richard. All three of you guys, hit me up. Ross at RossTucker.com. Patron of the day, Andrew Donnelly from Scotland. Love it. Love me some Andrew Donnelly. Love me some Scotland. Got to get over there at some point. Love me some Greg Cosell. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. <laughs> All right, Greg. So we're going to get into the rest of these receivers momentarily. Uh, do you need to answer that, Greg? <laughs> Good timing there, of course. Man, people, no, we won't know, answer that. <laughs> people know that you are up and rolling early if you are getting a call I know. at, at 7.15. And I'm getting a call from my wife, too. What is going on right now? <laughs> my cell phone's buzzing. You're, you're off it's the stop, It's stop. We're ready to go, Ross. We're ready to go. That is crazy. All right. So, man, we are popular dudes. You know, before we get to the receivers, anytime there's information going on about the NFL, I do want to get your thoughts on it. I know we talk about him all the time, Greg. Did we learn anything more about Dak or the Cowboys without Dak with him getting hurt this year? Do you feel like we know what Dak is? And in your mind, Greg, what is that? I think Dak's a really, really good player. Um, I think he's improved each and every season. Uh, I think he's become a high-level NFL quarterback. In fact, I will say this. Someone asked me the other day that based on this past season, and Dak obviously only played a limited number of games but was very, very good in those games, somebody asked me that at this point in their careers, if you had to choose between Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, who would be your quarterback? Who? How would you answer that, Ross? Ooh, um, well, are we talking longevity and the age or just, just them as Well, players? I mean, Russell Wilson is clearly older, but he's not old. It's not as if you would say Russell Wilson has a year left and then he's done. The point I'm making is I think you could make the argument fairly easily based on tape. Remember, I want people to understand this is based on tape study. This is not just, you know, people sitting around at the water cooler having a fun conversation or sitting around in the bar, you know, just talking ball. This is tape study. I think you can make an argument that at this moment in time, Dak Prescott is a better quarterback. And I think the tape shows that. I know the tape shows that. So in what way? How, how does the tape show that? Well, I think he's a far more consistent player from the pocket. Um, I think that he plays overall with a stronger sense of timing and rhythm within the structure of an offense. Uh, and I think that while Wilson's overall second reaction ability is is likely better than Dak's. It's certainly not a weakness for Dak Prescott, his ability to get outside the pocket and make plays with his legs, either running or throwing. So you're not talking about a weakness in Dak Prescott's game. But I think Dak Prescott has really grown as a quarterback and has now become a very, very good NFL quarterback. A lot of guys are getting released, Greg. There's going to be a lot more today, a lot more tomorrow. It's salary cap time. That's what's going on. We know what it is. I'll talk about that more a little bit later. Since we are talking receivers, though, today, yesterday was John Brown from the Bills yeah. and Emmanuel Sanders from the Saints, Greg. Any thoughts on those two guys? Because, I mean, I, I still think both those guys can really be effective NFL players. Well, I think we have to be careful about all these cuts because the salary cap dropped, what, $16 million? I don't follow that probably as closely as you do, but I think I saw that's what the number is. So a lot of these cuts are simply a function of money. They're not 
necessarily a reflection, Ross, of a player being unable to play in the NFL. So I think the, I think these conversations, particularly with players who are a little older, you got to be careful about. Uh, because, you know, John Brown had a good year. He can still play. Emmanuel Sanders had a good year. He can still play. But they're both over 30. They're older players. And it's just a function of the new uh, financial arrangement in the league, which I, I guess is, is, that's probably a function of the COVID season. I don't like I said, I don't follow all. I follow the players. I don't I don't follow the money as as uh, we know from a, from a movie. Yeah. And you know what is interesting, Greg? I think this ties in. Because this will be second or third year in a row where there's a lot of good receivers in the draft. And even like the Bills got Gabriel Davis in the fourth round and he did some really good things for them. I guess I just think these teams realize there's a lot of good receivers in this draft again and they can save a bunch of money. You know, last week we talked about Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, obviously Devontae Smith. And Kadarius Tony. Those are sort of the, the top four guys in a lot of people's mind, at least. Is there a fifth guy that you think is the next guy, Greg? I, I think I see Terrace Marshall listed a lot. I see Rashad Bateman sometimes. Maybe there's somebody else. Is there a fifth guy that you think is is in the same class with those other guys? Well, let me just start by saying this and then we'll get to players. Receivers are drafted more than any position in most NFL drafts, receivers and corners. So receivers, with very few exceptions, I don't want to say they're interchangeable. That's too strong a negative word. But there's not 15 transcendent receivers in the NFL. So given the nature of pass games in the league now, based on formations, motions, the fact that every team lines up with three wide receivers well over 50% of their snaps, um, Some teams line up with four at times. You know, receivers, a lot of receivers play in this league, Ross, and a lot of receivers put up numbers in what is clearly a passing league in terms of volume. So it's always easy to say, oh, this guy is great. I don't use great, exceptional. I don't use those words very often because a lot of receivers play and a lot of receivers put up numbers. So having said that, we can start with Bateman. I like I watched Bateman last summer and then I watched him this year. I guess he played only five or six games this year. Um, I thought that Bateman really shows the look and feel of an NFL wide receiver. He's got size. He's got stride length. He's a good route runner. He can separate. He's got hands. He's run after catch. He's a big kid. Um, you know, people get caught up in the limited route tree he ran at Minnesota due to their conceptual passing game. But I, I don't really get caught up in that. Um I think that he can do a lot of things, and I think he can line up outside. I think he can line up in the slot. Again, a guy that's not a burner, but he's got stride length. He's got route running savvy, so he does have a little bit of a vertical element because of that. I thought two names came to mind when I was watching Bateman stylistically, and that was Michael Thomas and Allen Robinson. Those two receivers stylistically came to mind when I finished watching Rashad Bateman. Got it. Well, that's pretty good company right there, especially Allen Robinson, what he's been able to do with the quarterbacks and situations he's been in. And by the way, he was a second round pick. You know, Both Thomas and Robinson were second round picks, if I'm not mistaken. So again, a perfect example is that you're dealing with two receivers, Thomas and Robinson, who would certainly be considered, I would think, top 10 receivers in the NFL. And they were second round picks. 
And very often, guys become second-round picks like that because people get caught up in 40 times. All right, what about Terrace Marshall from LSU? They've been kind of a, a wide receiver factory. He's been the guy under the radar. Yeah, and I watched him last summer, too, and this year. And he's long. He's fluid. Um, I actually got his uh, his height and weight from a scouting friend of mine uh, who went to LSU. He's 6'2 and a half, 205. Um, he's, he's an easy, sudden, explosive mover. Um, I think you could look at him as a vertical dimension. He's got run after catch, take it to the house ability. Um, I think he has the skill set and traits to be a factor at all three levels of the defense. He can line up in multiple locations. Um, the big question when you draft someone like Marshall is, do you see him developing into a volume receiver? You know, the kind of guy you're going to throw it to 130 times in a season, give him, you know, 130, 140 targets. Or is he going to be viewed more as a higher level complement to a guy you view as that high volume guy? That, I think, is the question NFL teams will have to answer with Marshall, who's a younger kid, came out early. I think different teams will see that differently. I think down the road he could become a volume number one guy. He may not start his career that way. You know, one guy that I feel like I've been hearing more about the last couple of weeks, I didn't know much about this guy, Greg. I got to be honest with you. He didn't come into the season with the same sort of hoopla as Rondell Moore and some of these other guys, but it's Elijah Moore. From Ole Miss, who's listed yeah. at five nine, a buck eighty five. Yeah, I did not do him last summer. So, and I do watch the SEC a lot on Saturdays. It's it's probably the conference I watch the most. So I was just familiar with him from TV, but I didn't know much about him. And you know, as far as studying him, I I was pleasantly surprised watching his tape. Um, I really like him. I know he's short, but he's stocky. He's not thin. I, I don't know what his height and weight will be because he came out, you know, as a junior. So I don't have numbers yet. Um, I don't think uh, Ole Miss had their pro day yet, so the numbers are not out there. But I think he fits the profile of the NFL slot receiver, obviously smaller. He's got route running and separation quickness. He's got vertical burst and speed, excellent hands, and he's tough and competitive at the catch point. And I think that's really important for an NFL slot because one major difference with slot in college and slot in the NFL, Ross, is the NFL field is tighter because of the hash marks. The hash marks are closer together in the NFL. So the field is not spread out as much. So slot receivers have to do more catching where there are more bodies in the NFL than they do in college. And maybe some people don't think of it that way, but that's true. Um, and he's a tough, competitive guy at the catch point and made a lot of catches through contact. And I think that's really, really important for an NFL slot. And he became one of my favorite receivers to study. I think he's a scheme and formation versatile guy. I think his traits are pretty high level for an NFL slot who can also give you vertical ability. He can run slot fades. He can get on top of corners. It's a good point, Greg. It does feel like. Some of these slot guys in college football are just like running free. Oh, yeah, I know. In the NFL, that just doesn't <laughs> happen. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a really good point. What about a guy, uh, Amari Rogers from Clemson? Yeah, he was another guy whose tape I really, really liked, by the way. Um, you know, I remember watching him, and and I think I had watched – I can't remember who I would watched first um, – Tony from Florida or Rogers from uh, from Clemson, but I remember 
watching them and thinking, wow, you know, Rodgers is he's kind of up there, in my opinion. And I, he's 5'9, 211, really stocky. Like he weighs well over 20 pounds more than Kandarius Tony. So he's a, he's a little different. He's a little shorter, but he's another three level receiver guy who can attack defenses in a variety of ways. He predominantly lined up in the slot, but he had significant snaps outside. And he, again, he ran vertical routes. He has the speed to get on top of corners. I think he's really good run after catch. He's got a strong body. Um, you know, he's not Tyreek Hill, but my sense watching his tape is that you could kind of deploy him in a similar fashion. Because what, how has the league evolved, Ross? The league has evolved where there's a lot of motion. There's a lot of lining up smaller receivers all over the formation, including the backfield. Um, more what, what people now call schemed touches for explosive playmakers. And I think Rodgers falls into that category. You know, it's interesting, Greg, because you and I were talking right before we started recording. There's a, I, I wanted to ask you about Tutu Atwell from Louisville, and you're like, nope, no, there's another guy at Louisville we got to talk about. That intrigues me because everybody knows about Atwell. So there's a guy where you're watching Louisville tape that you like better or you want to talk about. I want to hear it. Des Fitzpatrick, I watched him last summer, and I really liked what I saw last summer. And then I watched him again this year, and I really liked what I saw. I, you know, again, he's not a name that's well-known. And and you and I both know, you know, he could be drafted in the third round. I don't know where guys get drafted. I don't, that doesn't concern me for half a second where guys get drafted. Uh, when they get drafted, then I'll know. Um, but I think that he's got desirable size. He's got stride length. He's got build-up speed. He's got hands. He's got body control. He's competitive. I wouldn't call him purely explosive, and that's probably why you're not going to see him, you know, being a top 40 pick or 50 pick. But he's 6'2", 202. He predominantly lined up outside. I think he eventually could be a boundary X in the NFL, but he could also be a multidimensional guy. Um, you know, as I was watching him, and again, when I say this stuff, this and 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 please, Ross, I know you put out a lot of these these. Uh, you know, you break down what I say, and sometimes I get nervous about that because you know things get taken not necessarily out of context, but when you get one line out of five, it, it's not. It's different, but I watched this kid, and I said to myself, God, are there college similarities, okay, college similarities to Devontae Adams when he came out of college? Now, we know what Adams is in the NFL, and I'm not saying Des Fitzpatrick is Devontae Adams as we speak now, but I watched Devontae Adams a lot coming out of college because he played with Derek Carr. And, you know, Adams, I, I think, was also a second-round pick, not a first-round pick. And I, I kind of thought that they were somewhat similar stylistically. So we'll see where Fitzpatrick goes. We'll see where he gets drafted. You know, Greg, it, I think I would say a couple of things. First of all, it's never bad to say someone similar stylistically. And not only that, whether it's Devontae Adams or Allen Robinson or Michael Thomas, if people knew those guys are going to be that great, they would have been first-round picks. Oh, you're right. You're right. You know what I mean? I mean like. Yeah. Like, nobody – we get it. Uh, they've improved. They got better. I mean, I thought um, Devontae Adams was the best receiver in the NFL this year, and I said that. I was on record saying that a number of times throughout the season because the tape told me that. And I hope people understand what I talk about this. It's purely based on tape study. 
Um, and and I love Devontae Adams as a receiver, and I think that he's improved dramatically to the point where, like I said, I thought he was the best in the league. Um, but you're 100% right. Robinson, second-round pick. Thomas, second-round pick. Adams, second-round pick. If people knew what they'd become, then, you know, it's always easy to look back. There's always someone who's going to say, oh, yeah, I knew he'd be great. Well, that's easy. Anybody can do that. When you have access to the results, everybody is a genius. It's funny, too, Greg, because we always post or we try to post – your entire thought, you know, a minute video or whatever, but I can't, there's only a hundred and however many characters. I know, on Twitter. Man, I understand. So I know when, I post that, when I post the thing, I'm obviously posting the thing that I hope will get people to watch the video. And then I know. Watch I believe you, Ross. I've been doing this 41 years at NFL Films. I, I, I know the business. It's just, no, it's just funny. Like I can't, I can't type up your entire quote. Like no, you have all your profiles at, at fantasypoints.com, which by the way, you should go to, and use the code 21FEAST. That's the key there. Uh, I want to give you a dealer's choice, Greg. Anybody else you want to talk to, maybe a small school guy, a sleeper, anybody else that jumped out to you? Two guys I think would would fall into that category. Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan, who I believe was at the Senior Bowl, so we know he's 5'9 and an eighth and 188. And another guy that you could see kind of in that Tyreek Hill deployment mode. Um, not quite as explosive and sudden as Hill. Hill's off the charts, obviously. Um, but this kid, and again, now it's college football, but I don't think I've seen a guy take as many slants to the house as Eskridge did this year. Now it's not going to be that easy in the NFL, but the point I'm making is, is this kid has an explosive dimension to his play and teams that see him creatively moving him around the formation, lining him up all over, you know, trying to create scheme throws, as we said a moment ago. I think he's a fascinating prospect. And then there's one more guy who I thought was really, really interesting. And that guy was um, Jalen Darden from North Texas. Now, I got to tell you, I'm sitting and I'm watching this kid and I'm and he's another smaller guy. He might even be five, eight. So he's small. But I'm sitting and watching this kid with how explosive he is, both vertically and run after catch. And I'm saying to myself, if he was in Alabama's offense, what would the conversation be? Now, I don't think he's quite as explosive as Jalen Waddell, who I think is another guy that's off the charts explosive. And I and I love Jalen Waddell, and we spoke about him last week. But I was thinking to myself, if you put Jalen Darden in Alabama's offense instead of Jalen Waddell, uh, would we be having a different discussion about Jalen Darden? You know, would he be putting up those kinds of numbers and we go, oh my God, look at this guy. Um, you know, and, and smaller receivers have definitely become a bigger part of the league. I mean, obviously big receivers, everybody would love a six two, six three guy who can move, but because of the formations, the usage, the deployment, you get a lot of these guys. I mean, keep in mind someone like T Y Hilton, and I forget what round he was drafted in. He had four years or five years in a row where he had 130-plus targets. I mean, these guys, these smaller guys, absolutely have a place in the NFL. You've got a place on this show every Thursday, Greg. Phenomenal stuff, as always. We'll slide over to tight ends because there's some intriguing ones next week. Then we'll get to the O-line a little bit. Can't wait. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. There he is, Greg Cosell. You know what? I appreciate Greg, and I appreciate Purple Mattress. Here's the thing about Purple Mattress. If you're like me and you've had some orthopedic issues, 
it is really, really nice. Like, I think sometimes with some of these mattresses, like purple mattress, people don't realize how much better it can be. The, the grid, the stretchy gel material, it is so supportive for your back and legs, shoulders, neck, hips. Fantastic. Look, I tell people all the time, get the pillow, see how awesome the pillow is, then get the mattress. Or get the mattress because they've got great stuff in terms of if you don't like it, you can give it back, but you're going to love it right now because you can try your Purple mattress risk-free with free shipping and returns. Purple really is comfort for an uncomfortable world. Right now, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash Ross10 and use promo code Ross10. That's purple.com slash Ross10, promo code Ross10, for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash Ross10, promo code Ross10. Terms apply. Tux Takes. Sorry about that. Now that the salary cap has been officially set at $182.5 million, the cuts have started coming. We'll start with the Saints, and they've cut wide receivers Emmanuel Sanders and linebacker Quan Alexander. Brian, was your mic turned off? It was, yes. Is that Was that the second time this week that you've, that you've screwed up, or was it last week that you were? Well, I appreciate you, you reminding me. Thanks so much. Well, I mean, you don't, you're not on the show that much. You'd think like well, if you when it's your Yeah, time. but if you and Greg are talking, I want to make sure the mic is muted so you don't hear anything else if, if my phone rings or my phone beeps or whatever. So I, I apologize. No, I, I know that, but then I just talked about Purple Mattress for like a minute. So you had a lot of time to I turn did, your mic back did. on, didn't you? I was just I was thinking about that Purple Mattress and <laughs> got caught up. <laughs> Remember when you wanted me to give out the uh, – Patron shout-outs twice because you zoned out and you didn't hear me say Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X. No, was I was Monday? just saying how great they were, and I think they deserved a second one that day. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so, Bri. I don't you don't think, think so. they're great? I don't. Uh, that's that's. Terrible. I do think they're great. Oh. I don't think that's what happened. By the way, speaking of great, uh, your boy will be filling in for Dan Patrick tomorrow. So those of you that are DP Show fans, check it out, 9 a.m. to noon. You can uh, watch me, I guess, on Peacock or listen, however you listen to Dan's show. So it's been a while since I filled in for Dan. Looking forward to that tomorrow. If you want, if you, want, if you need a little more Ross Tucker in your life, I will have my mic turned on uh, tomorrow when it's my turn to talk. Anyway, what did you say, Bry? I don't really remember. Uh, oh, well, I couldn't um, hear you at the start because your mic wasn't turned on. Well, I said now that the salary cap has been officially set at one hundred eighty-two point five million dollars. The cuts have started to come and we'll start with the saints cutting wide receiver emmanuel sanders and linebacker quan alexander and let me ask you this if quan alexander was cut does that open up for your boy alex anzalone again possibly possibly i mean look there I, I think they'll try to get by with somebody like for the minimum at that other linebacker spot or they'll draft somebody just because they're in such a salary cap crunch but yeah i mean they don't have a starter next to Demario Davis now, to your point, for sure. Uh, so that'd be great if it happened. Uh, next cuts come from the Bills. John Brown, Quentin Jefferson. 
You know, for a lot of these, I don't really know what to say. Uh, I think they're both still good players that they can help teams. But these teams are making the decision that they can save a bunch of money and these are the spots where they're going to save the money. I think the lesson here is this is why this is all about the salary cap going down. And it's not just going down $16 million, right? It's going down $26 million from where people thought it would be because they thought it would be like two ten. Instead, it's one eighty-two, so it's it's down quite a bit. These guys, most of these guys, can still play. They're just going to probably end up getting one-year deals for not that much money. Which, by the way, is why some other teams, Bry, might cut more guys because you can get these other guys for one year, relatively inexpensive. Like you could, I mean, well, go through the rest of them, Bry. Uh, let's go to the Titans. They cut uh, safety Kenny Vaccaro. Yep, keep going. Giants, Kevin Zeitler, Vikings, Riley Reef. Right. So here's my point. Like, for probably fairly affordable, you could get Zeitler at guard, Riley Reef at tackle. Zeitler's good. Reef is solid. You could have John Brown and Emmanuel Sanders at receiver. You know, you need to have one more guy. But my point is, is if you get a lot of cap space, you can actually pick up a bunch of guys. I mean, you can make up a, a lot of a lot of room in terms of the depth on your roster and have a pretty good team just from these guys that are getting cut. In other news, Melvin Gordon had DUI charges against him dismissed while the XFL and the CFL are talking about collaborating in some fashion. So, yeah, I mean, good news for Melvin Gordon, I guess. And that's about all I have to say about that. And I don't really have much to say about CFL or XFL until we actually know what that could be or what that looks like, because I really don't know. I do know that there's a lot of college hoops this weekend and next weekend. Trust me when I tell you to pick up your phone, make sure the DraftKings app or the DraftKings Sportsbook app is on there, throw the code Ross in, and then just go to town on this college basketball stuff. Speaking of going to town, bro, let's go to town on an email. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address is ross at rostucker.com. If you take advantage of any of our sponsors ever, like Purple Mattress and Pillows, send me the email, ross at rostucker.com. Not only will you potentially be the winner, like Jesse Miller was today, even if you're not the signed card or press pass or picture winner, you are absolutely going to get your name read and me to read and respond to one of your emails on the show. Although I also want to do more of those football feedbacks, Brian, because they're so fun. The YouTube only show, youtube.com slash Ross NFL. So great to actually let you guys ask the question on the show. What do you got, Brian? Uh, today it's from Joel in Houston who bought flowers for his wife for their anniversary at 1-800-Flowers.com using that promo code football. Um, question, I'm not sure if this has been asked, Ross, but can you talk about the best game you ever had in the NFL and then the worst game you've ever had? Uh, once again, I truly enjoy listening to you and value everything you have to say about all things football. Wow. That's from Joel Swisher who is awesome. 
love Joel. You know, there's certain people that you get enough emails from or you notice them enough supporting the shows on social media or YouTube that like you almost feel like you know them and you're so appreciative of them. Joel was one of those guys for me. Best game. You know, I think I would say I'll just give you a couple games that jump out to me. I don't know if it's really my best, but a couple games that jump out to me both happen to be my second year in the NFL. For the best, it was my second start ever. It was for the Dallas Cowboys against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And 2002, I'm starting at left guard against Marcus Stroud and John Henderson. Two guys that were absolute monsters. I mean monsters. But they were so tall. And I was just flying around the field. I was cutting them. I just, you know, I just had a really good game. So good, in fact, that before the game, one of the assistant coaches, I think it might have been Gary Gibbs, said he was giving $1,000 to whoever in cash, to whoever was the best player of the game, which is probably like some type of salary cap violation or bounty or I don't know. But anyway, this is 2002. It wasn't like for hurting anybody. It was just for being the best player in the game. He's like, I'm going to give you $1,000 cash. Well, I knew I had a good game. But we come in Monday, and they say, Dave Campbell, our head coach, says, we got one guy on defense, one guy on offense. And the guy on offense, our offensive line's been getting kicked around a little bit this year. Well, we got a guy now. He's doing the kicking. And that's Ross Tucker. And, Brian, that was awesome. Like, I walked to the front of the team meeting room. They gave me 500 bucks cash. It was just cool. Like, I'd only been there for a month. And to have the head coach in front of everybody saying, we got a guy that's doing the butt kicking now, uh, that was awesome. That was really, really cool. You know, I then went in the offensive line room, by the way, Bri, and I gave 100 bucks each to the other four offensive line starters. And I said, listen, I don't really believe in that. You know, we're a unit. We're in this together. And I gave the other four guys 100 bucks. I got to tell you, by the looks on their faces, Bri, I don't think they would have done the same if they're <laughs> the ones that got the 500 bucks. Let's put it that way. I can't remember if the guy who got it on defense was either Dexter Coakley or Roy Williams, the who was a rookie safety at the time. But, yeah, I gave uh, – So he was also not very happy with lineman. you then. What's that? I said then the defensive guy was not very happy with you. I don't know what he did. I don't know what the defensive guy – that's a good question. I don't know what the defensive guy – ended up doing uh the worst one joel is what led to me being a dallas cowboy and that is the second game of the 2002 season Uh, i was playing for the washington redskins at the time it was a monday night football game joel and we were playing against the eagles my hometown team david laverne uh struggled in the first half So they put me in to start the second half. We were down like three touchdowns. We were throwing the ball every play. The first series I go in there, Darwin Walker bull rushes the crap out of me back into the quarterback, maybe like a half a sack or something. Next series, we come out. And I'm thinking, I can't let him bull rush me again. Can't let him bull rush me again. 
I come out, I jack them. I'm feeling good about it. They were running a stunt, a TE, and Hugh Douglas came looping around. I was so locked in on Corey Simon or Walker, I didn't see Hugh Douglas looping around. He gets a sack. So I give up a sack and a half. Then they run like a screen, and the running back didn't set me up very good. Cut back. They benched me after two series. I was in for two series, got benched. They put Laverne back in, never played again for Washington. They were having issues on the offensive line. They signed Trey Johnson, who was an absolutely terrible fit for that offense, like four or five weeks later, and they cut me. Uh, that was a tough night. A lot of my friends and family came to the game, Monday Night Football, playing the Eagles, and uh, you know my worst moment on the field as a pro football player. That was tough, Joel. Uh, good questions, though. I like that. I don't think I've ever told. I don't know. I've ever told those stories before. That's 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 what's great about the questions you guys ask me, either here on our YouTube exclusive show. Please keep sending in those emails. Please spread the word. You know, forget social media. Just spread the word word of mouth. Tell your peeps how much you love listening to Ross Tucker. It means a lot. Have a terrific weekend. Make sure you listen to the other shows when you need some content. And you can listen to me on Dan Patrick tomorrow. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.